Right, let's turn to Ruth chapter three. We're still busy with a series of, of Ruth, and this morning is going to be a strong word again from Ruth. We will be motivated and challenged, and, uh, but we're going to learn something about Ruth and this lady who was from Moab, which we have learned already, who became part of God's purposes and plans for generations to come. We're going to read from chapter 3. I'm going to read a few verses here. One day Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz, with whose servant girls you have been, a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. That sounds a bit, quite, quite a thing, eh? <laughs> when he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man, and he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. Now let's go to verse 12 there. Although it is true that I am near of kin, there is a kinsman redeemer nearer than I, Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem good, let him redeem. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. And then verse 18, Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled. So far, may God bless the reading of his precious word. We continue the story of Ruth and Boaz here this morning. Nothing about their meeting or their marriage seems normal, at least by modern standards, if you, look, if you read this. Eh? Ruth did not have many good options. <laughs> no she did not have many good options. Today she might write an ad. I don't know if they, people write ads these days, eh? even they put it on Facebook. Eh? She might write an ad like this. Widowed woman from Moab seeks godly Israelite man of character. That was not an option 3,000 years ago. That was not an option. 3,000 years ago. A good man 
And we want ladies to say amen loudly this morning. A good man is hard to find. I didn't hear the amens, ladies. That is true. But so is a good woman as well. Isn't it true? (laughs) Ruth 3 tells us how a good man and a good woman found each other. Naomi's plan was risky, to say the least. Was she a matchmaker? Of course she was, eh? It's not all, it doesn't always work, eh? But in this case, it, it worked out amazingly. If so, who could blame her for wanting to see Ruth and Boaz get, get married? Who could blame her? What causes ordinary people to take risk? What prompts people to engage in extreme sports such as skydiving, hang gliding, scuba diving, rock climbing, etc., etc. Some people thrive on the adrenaline rush and the feeling of escaping the ordinary. However, the majority of people prefer not to take risk. Isn't it true? They prefer the comfort of some security in their lives. They have committed themselves to playing it safe. But I want to say this, there comes a time in our lives that we cannot play it safe any longer. They cover their tracks, dotting every I and crossing every T. I want to say this, even if you are dotting every I and crossing every T and you're playing it safe, if that is not your absolute best for the Lord, It's not good enough. He gave his absolute best for you. They try to minimize their risk as much as possible. Jesus made it clear that following him would be a risk. In fact, he wants us to risk everything that we have to follow him. He told the rich young ruler to give up all of his possessions. Can you remember? To follow him. In his parable of the talents in Matthew 25, Jesus came down hard on the one talent man, or was it the, it was it the businessman there? Came down hard on the one talent man who refused to take a risk with his money. He was afraid of risk and buried the money. In so doing, Burying the opportunity, burying new possibilities for himself and others. Brothers and sisters, following Christ is very risky business. And it is not for the faint-hearted. That is why so many are still not following him. It is not for the faint-hearted. It is a life that will challenge us to the very core of our being. Our title this morning is Beyond the Risk Factor. And the first point I want to make is risk taking is a huge component for the next generation. Verses 1 to 4 there in Ruth. Given what we are facing presently with the pandemic, I'm not suggesting that we take the risk of not socially distancing or not wearing masks. Did you hear that? That is not the kind of risk referred to here. I'm talking about spiritual risk. 
I'm talking about moving out of our comfort zones. I'm talking about stepping out in faith that expands our own lives and the lives of others. That's what we're talking about here this morning. The ancient Israelites were always concerned with the next generation. They were always concerned with ongoing blessing through genera- from generation to generation. Look at the promises that God gave to Abraham in Genesis 12, 1, 2, 3, Genesis 13, 14 to 16, Genesis 15, 5 to 6. It was the promise of multitudes of descendants from generation to generation. There is always hope in the next generation. That is why Naomi and Ruth got excited that Boaz was a near kinsman. He was the one through Ruth who could give hope that a future generation could be raised. Naomi had Ruth's best interest at heart. The details about Ruth's dress and the perfume here simply set the scene. How do you like that? eh? First she told her, clean up yourself. Verse 3. This meant that Ruth had to remove the garments of mourning. Now we know in those days it was obvious when you were in mourning that you had to wear certain clothing. So it was obvious in the, there that Ruth was in mourning, but now remove the garments of mourning. It, it signified the end of mourning and the start of a new chapter in her life. Lord, there's new chapters waiting for us. eh? You cannot have a new beginning if you continue to live in the past. Lord is looking for us to experience new beginnings all the time. Naomi told her to make herself known to Boaz. Verse 4, she was to uncover his feet because that would guarantee he would eventually wake up. I don't know what needs to be uncovered in your life and my life in order for you to have a wake-up call here this morning. But whatever it is, one thing about the Lord, He will uncover whatever needs to be uncovered. On one hand, it looked as if Ruth was taking a big risk on her own. But behind Naomi's plan stood God who orchestrated Every detail, including Boaz's cold feet, and woke him up at midnight. At midnight. Boaz had a wake up call at midnight. God gives us a wake up call anytime. And when He gives us a wake up call, let's take cognizance of that. Let's be sensitive to where he is trying to lead us. Let's listen to his voice and hear him as he leads us and guides us. But secondly, here this morning, risk-taking is a huge component in individual courage. Verses 5 to 9 there. Now courage, if I think of courage here, courage took a walk to the threshing floor. Ruth was courageous, eh? She took a walk 
to the threshing floor. This was a place where the gathered grain was processed. To produce grain, the threshing process was quite severe. The grain was trampled, tossed, and torn to pieces to provide life-giving seed. I think you have that in your notes. Jesus entered the threshing floor when he went to the cross for us. There he was trampled, tossed, and torn to pieces so that life, salvation, deliverance, hope might be given to those who come to him. Today, as we meet this human Ruth again, who had faith that moved beyond her comfort zone and took some risk, may we be challenged to be courageous as she was. Ruth's response in verse 5 was, I will do, basically, that's what she said. I will do whatever you say. Sometimes, let's turn it around. There are times when the Lord speaks to us. Have we ever said this to the Lord? Lord, I will do whatever you say. I will do whatever you say. It's better to do whatever the Lord says. Isn't it true? Sometimes the Holy Spirit prompts us. And sometimes we resist the prompting. I pray that you and I will not resist the the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And we will say, Lord, whatever it takes, I will do it. She knew the risk involved. That was Ruth. There were many reasons to say no, but she said yes. Laying at Boaz's feet. Can you imagine that? That's a risk. A woman taking a risk like that. Laying at Boaz's feet. She runs the risk of destroying her reputation. She runs the risk of social shame. (laughs) Did I say it right? Social shame. (laughs) She runs the risk of rejection. She runs the risk of offending Boaz and falling out of favor with him. Just like Ruth, our confidence in our relationship with God gives us the assurance to boldly step forward and be part of His unfolding plan for our lives. Our part is to take the first step. That's the most difficult step to take, eh? the first step. Her actions could have been perceived as indecent proposal. As, or as an indecent proposal. Can you remember something like that once upon a time on our TVs? Eh? <laughs> she, her actions could have been perceived as an indecent proposal. This is 8 to 9. Her actions could have been perceived not only as an indecent proposal, but it could have been perceived as so wrong and so ungodly. A woman proposing to a man. That was radical in those days. Can you imagine it? It was radical in those days. Because women had no say. Yeah, a woman was proposing to a man. We go further. A field laborer proposing to the owner of the field. Do you think, don't you think that was radical? You were quiet today. Eh? It was radical. 
and a foreigner proposing to a citizen. But it was a straightforward marriage proposal. Why do we say that? It is, not, it is implied there, it is signified there, the phrase, spread your garment or spread your covering over me was Ruth's way of saying, marry me <laughs> and bring me under your protection. Did you hear that? That's the meaning of it. He, he understood that. He, he exactly knew what she meant. There was nothing immoral or indecent about this. It was simply the woman's way of letting him know that she was interested in marriage. Hey, ladies, men still need a little prompting sometimes, you know. But I want to go further in terms of the prompting. How about the Lord prompting you to do certain things this, this morning that you thought about and you said I would never do? But she, yeah, if I think of Ruth, she undoubtedly knew that the inevitable future this act of faith would bring meant a tremendous change in her life. When Ruth made the effort to get to the feet of Boaz, everything in her life changed. Our heavenly Boaz this morning, the Lord Jesus Christ, can and will do the same for you if you will get to his feet as Boaz covered her and protected no, He protected her. He didn't do anything negatively, remember that. Being at his feet, that's we're talking about the Lord. Being at his feet enables every area of our lives to have more meaning. Jesus took a risk with us because of the risk that Jesus took. We can face anything, no matter how difficult. To take a risk with Jesus is to give our hearts away and to risk everything on Him. Challenge you here this morning, be pro-risk and anti-fear. I don't know what you are dealing with this morning, but be pro-risk and anti-fear, especially when it comes to the things of the Lord. Do not bury your talents. Do not bury your creativity. Go ahead and take that step. Take that risk because it will change not only your life, but the life of someone else. You still with me this morning? The greatest risk of all is not risking anything. It's to play it safe. Only risk takers grow. Isn't it true? It's only risk takers that grow. You will grow in your relationship with the Lord. You will grow in your prayer life. You will grow personally, individually, as a person. You will grow as you take some risk for him. What is the risk that you've got to take today? You know you've got to, but you've been putting it off for a while.
Jesus took a risk, I say it again, with us. And we are also called to take a risk to make a positive difference in the lives of others. But then thirdly and finally, risk-taking displays the magnitude of godly character. Verses Verses 10 right through to 18. Every relationship has its ups and downs, isn't it true? It's sudden twists and turns. No doubt Ruth went home elated and deflated. How do you go like that? (laughs) The lives of genuinely good people are not governed by laws, but character and a moral sense of right and wrong. Ruth focused on something far more important than riches or lack, lack thereof. This important element is character of heart. Seeking after God. We have also repeatedly seen the godly character of Boaz here. It's not only about Ruth, it's about Boaz as well. He shows us there is a right way or a wrong way to even do the right thing. Did you hear that? Be a person of transparency. Be a person of integrity. Both Ruth and Boaz are individuals of unmatched transparency and integrity. If we think of Boaz, he refrained from taking advantage of Ruth when he awoke to find her at his feet in the middle of the night. He protected her reputation to prevent rumors from spreading. He stated that all of the city leaders knew Ruth to be a woman of noble character. Though she might be a Moabite, destitute in her circumstances and status, everyone knew what was on the inside of Ruth. Do they know what's on the inside of you this morning? Everyone looked at her with respect and admiration. Clearly, Boaz recognized that Ruth's value was far beyond that of rubies or pearls, according to Proverbs 31, verse 10. What a lady, you say. What a woman. What a man. What about Boaz, eh? What a man. This is what they said about Ruth and Boaz. What do people say about you and I this morning? There is a fly though. Despite what they're saying, there's a fly in the ointment and we know this. There was another kinsman redeemer. There's a fly in the ointment, an obstacle in the road that has the potential to ruin the whole thing. What do we do? Ignore it? Manipulate the situation? Do what we want anyway? No. We have obeyed God thus far. So if we have obeyed God thus far, we will obey him to the end. That's basically what Boaz and Ruth had to say. Boaz respectfully but honestly acknowledges the problem. He does not ignore the issue, and neither should we. I will do what is right. That's basically what Boaz says. It is in God's hands, but 
As for me, I give my word before God that I will do the right thing. Isn't that what he says? I give my word before God that I will do the right thing. Ruth, Boaz, and Naomi have done all that they could. Now it was in God's hands. Both Ruth and Boaz continued their faithfulness to the Lord and to others waiting to see what the Lord would do. That's all we can do, eh, brothers and sisters? Naomi offered some very sensible advice in verse 18. Sit tight. Wait on the Lord, in other words. Sit tight and wait. It is out of our hands, but not God's. We have done all that we can. Now it is God's turn. And when it is God's turn, he does what we, we would not even think about, ever. Let's see what he does. Waiting time is not wasted time. Let's see what God can do, brothers and sisters, because waiting time is not wasted time if you are waiting on the Lord. And I was concluding with words from William, Care, William Carey, or Carey, as some would say, uh, he said, attempt great things for God. Familiar, eh? You must have heard that. Expect great things from God. With that, God launched the modern missionary movement through one man, William Carey. Ruth teaches us, attempt great things for God. Expect good things from God. With that, God brought about a marriage that would lead to the birth of a king and the coming of a Savior and Messiah, Jesus Christ. Such a God can be trusted. Such a God deserves to be served. I challenge us this morning to take risk if we need to. Take that risk today and do whatever you need to do. Because beyond that risk, you will see what you've never thought possible. Amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for touching our lives, Lord. Thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, wherever we need to take a risk during this week, allow us, Lord, to obey you Allow us, Lord, to bring honor to you. Thank you again for this day. We bless you, Lord. Amen.